I would like to say before I begin tonight that there's um, only there's one thing in life and one thing that's important and it's the most important thing in life is that we would have salvation and that we would come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as our Saviour and as our Lord and that we would realise our need for a Saviour and that we would have repentance of sins and come to know the Lord Jesus Christ and... Um, I would like to read tonight of a man in the Bible who found salvation, and his name is Zacchaeus. And we read about him in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 19. And we'll begin at verse 1, if you have a Bible. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus for who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with the man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come unto this house, for as much as he also is the son of Abraham, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. You know, as we look at the story of Zacchaeus, um, we can see that Zacchaeus is a problem, and Zacchaeus and had a problem. It's a common problem today, and it's a problem with human nature today, and we're born with it, and it's a problem called sin. And just like Zacchaeus, you and I were born with sin in our nature, and we were born, <clears throat> we were born, and sin was a problem in our life, and sin separates us from God. And from having fellowship with God. And in order to be saved, we need to realize that our sin, it's our sin that separates us from God. And we need to be free from our sin and to power over our sins if we're going to be saved. And you know, Zacchaeus, he realized that he had a problem with sin. And he realized that there was only one person that could sort this problem and um, that could save him from his sin. And it was the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're told that he was sought to see Jesus for who he was. You know, Zacchaeus knew there was nobody else that could help him from his problem of sin. And he knew that the only one that could save him was the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's just the same today in your life. And if you're not saved, that there's only one person that can, that can save you from your sin. And it's the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's the only one that can provide salvation through his death on the cross. And you know... Going to church won't save you and going to meetings won't save you and it's, it's good to see everybody here today and we appreciate you coming but the reason that we have this meeting today is that you would see your need of a, of a saviour and that you would come to the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> you know we're told that Zacchaeus, he, um, he was little and uh, we're told that he made a, a priority and he, he ran to see the saviour um, and it's the same today. If you're going to be saved, you have to make the Lord Jesus a priority in your life and 
Um, if you're going to have salvation, that um, you ha- you make it a priority. Um, the Lord Jesus Christ doesn't take doesn't take last place. He doesn't take second place. And if you're going to be saved, you need to make salvation and the Lord Jesus Christ a priority. Um, I would ask everyone tonight, you know, uh, what what place does the Lord Jesus Christ have in your life? Is he a, a religion that you just you just think about on a Sunday, or maybe you don't think about him at all, or maybe there's no place in your life. Maybe maybe there's no place. But if you want to be saved, you know, you have to put the Lord Jesus Christ first and um, make make it a first priority in your life in order to have salvation. <clears throat> But we're told the case he's, he ran before the crowd and he made the Lord Jesus Christ a, a priority to see him for who he was. But then we read of a, a press, uh, the crowd that was gathered, and they murmured whenever they seen that the Lord Jesus Christ was gone to be guest was the case. And, you know, it might be the same in your life today. There might be a, a crowd that's gathered or people in your life that maybe wouldn't appreciate you taking anything to do with the things of God. And, you know, it might be your friends or your work colleagues or somebody at school or in your family or if, you know, uh, if you listen to the crowd and um, if you follow the crowd, you know, the crowd will take you to hell. But um, it's a case of let the crowd stand his way, you know, he might never have been, he might never have been saved. And then we come and we see that um, it's a case, um, we see a beautiful picture of repentance and Zacchaeus' life, and we're told that Zacchaeus, um, he, he gave the half of his goods to the poor and he repented from his sin, and the Lord Jesus Christ came to abide with him. And you know, it's the same today, if we're going to be saved, you know, we have to repent of our sins and turn to the Lord Jesus Christ and forsake our sins and give them up. And <clears throat> it's a complete turnaround and a, a change of pathway in life. And you know it might cost you. It might cost you financially, or it might cost you your status or your social standing. Um, but in order to be saved, we have to we have to repent of our sins and turn our backs on our sins, <clears throat> and we have to we have to forsake them altogether. <clears throat> you know, if you come to your come to the Lord Jesus Christ, just as you are, like Zacchaeus. Um, and realize your need for him, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ will come and abide in your life just like he did with Zacchaeus. And he'll, he'll change your life and your, your motives and your destiny. And he'll, he'll give you a hope and he'll give you a future and he'll give you a purpose in your life. Um, <clears throat> but in order to have that, you know, we need, to, we need to realize our need for our Savior and we need to put our trust in him and repent of our sins. <clears throat> Salvation isn't just mustered up feelings or emotions or um, going to church, you know, it's a it's a change of heart towards God and a change of heart toward our sins and accepting that we can do nothing and that Christ has done ev- ev- everything for us. <clears throat> um, I, I want to, just as I close my remarks, I want to read a hymn, um, it's a hymn that spoke to me before I got saved. Um, and it's found in the Gospel Handbook. There's a line that is drawn by rejecting our Lord, where the call of his spirit is lost. As you hurry along with the pleasure, mad throng, have you counted, have you counted the cost? 
You may barter your hope of eternity's morn for a moment of joy at the most, for the glitter of sin and the things it will win. Have you counted, have you counted the cost? While the door of his mercy is open to you, ere the depths of his love you exhaust, won't you come and be healed? Won't you whisper, I yield? I have counted, I have counted the cost. Have you counted the cost if your soul should be lost? Though you gain the whole world for your own, even now it may be that the line you have crossed, have you counted, have you counted the cost? I trust that you will be wise for eternity tonight and you will count the cost and make Christ your Saviour and your Lord of your life. Along with John, we give you a very warm welcome to the meeting here again today at Valley Clare. I would like just to read three verses of scripture with you this evening. You'll find them in the Bible. If you have your Bible with you, you can turn to them. And if not, I'll read them slowly and carefully. The first is found in the book of Daniel and chapter 5. And verse 27. Daniel 5 and verse 27. And it says, Tegel, thou art weighed in the balances and art found wanting. Thou art weighed in the balances and art found wanting. Turn over to Mark's Gospel, please, in chapter 10 and verse 21. <clears throat> It says, Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him, and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever uh, thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. Finally then, please, in Matthew's Gospel and chapter 17, Matthew's Gospel and 17 and verse 5, while he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice uh, out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And that's a reading, and we know and trust that it is with God's blessing, with that that you have had the privilege of listening to already. Dear people, today... As I have contemplated and thought about this gospel meeting in the week that has passed, my mind was turned to Daniel chapter 5 and verse 27. Thou art weighed in the balances and found wanting. And during the week and time after time as I stopped and paused for a moment or two and thought about the gospel meeting in Ballyclare, these words kept ringing through in my mind from Daniel 5 and 27. Thou art weighed in the balances and found wanting. And I wonder, dear people here today, is there someone in the, in the car park or someone around about here that can hear our voice today? And for the first time in your life, you'll understand and realize that as far as the God of heaven is concerned, that I have been weighed in the balances and I'm found wanting. Maybe for some here today and some of the children that are here in the cars and around about the hall, you don't understand what it might mean. Well, let me just explain it to you very simply. You see, but today, whenever you go into a shop and they put, say, a bunch of bananas upon the scales, it's a set of digital scales, and up will come on the top of the scales the weight of the goods that you've set upon the scales. But if we go back before there was digital scales, they worked with a thing that was called a balance. And your mum maybe went into the shop and she was looking for a pound of bananas. 
And the shopkeeper on one side of the scales, he took a weight, and it was a pound weight, and he set it on that side of the scales. On the other side, he would have taken the goods that your mother was looking to buy, the bananas will say, and he added them on to the other side until it became balanced, until it was equal. And when it became equal, what was on one side was equal to that that was upon the other side. Maybe the children will understand it to think of the seesaw that's in the, in the park whenever you go out to play. And there the younger child gets on to one side and the, other, the older child is on the other side and it's out of balance. And the heavier child, the older child, usually is weighing it down and it's out of balance. Well, here we have in Daniel chapter 5, it was a night long ago when Belshazzar was holding a great feast. And there came, there came over against the wall the finger of a man's hand. And he writ these words. And one of the words that he writ was tekel. And Daniel, he comes to interpret it and to explain what it means. And he, and he tells Belshazzar this. Thou art weighed in the balances and found wanting. You see, dear people, today... There's many, and they think there will come a time in life when they leave time and go into eternity, and then they will be put in the balances to see how things have fared out. But you see, I want you to learn from Daniel 5 and 27. This isn't something that will take place in a coming day. But dear people, as far as we're all concerned, myself included, this is something that has taken place. You see, the... The, vo the writing against the wall, it said, Thou art weighed. It's not you're going to be weighed, but thou art weighed. And you see, as far as God is concerned, the whole human race already has been weighed upon the balances. And they are found wanting. The Lord Jesus, in John chapter 3, when he spoke to Nicodemus, he said, He that believeth on the Son is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the only begotten Son of God. And you see, as far as heaven is concerned, as far as the standard of God is concerned, we're already guilty. We're already sinners. It's not that through time and through a process of time that we become sinners. But dear people, today, from the very moment a child is born, they're born a sinner. And they, be, and they prove that they're sinners by practice. And as the years go by and as time goes on, the sin is displayed and it's beyond all doubt that we're sinners. And you know the writer in Romans, there in chapter 3, I think it is, that he says that the whole world is guilty before God. And so it matters not, dear people today, what you think of yourself. It matters not how good you think you might be. It matters not about the good deeds that you have done. The same is said to you from heaven as was said to Belshazzar. Thou art weighed in the balances and found wanting. You see, on God's side of the balances, God's standard is there. And it's absolute perfection. Nothing wrong. No, no sin. No lies. No disobedience. Complete perfection in the sight of God. And God says, Thou art weighed in the balances and found wanting. 
You know, dear people, today, it takes a brave person to stand up and to face up to the reality that I'm wrong, that I've been found wanting. John has reminded us about Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, a little man in the sight of many in the world, and yet he realized that he was wrong. And he ran and he climbed up into the sycamore tree because the Lord Jesus was to pass that way and he wanted to see him. Are you prepared to acknowledge before God that I am wrong? Regardless of how good a life you might have lived and all of the good deeds that you might do, are you prepared to accept what God has said? I am weighed in the balances and I'm found wanting. I'm not right as far as God is concerned. I have no hope for heaven because I'm still in my sins. And you know, that night that those words came to Belshazzar, it says that his countenance fell and he was troubled. I wonder would there be one in the car park today, one around about here in Ballyclare, and to understand that before God, you're, not, you're found wanting, you're not right for heaven. I wonder would it cause your countenance to change? Would it cause you to tremble? Would it give you concern about your soul and where you'll be in eternity? Weighed in the balances and found wanting. You know, dear people today, if you're troubled about your soul and you feel that I'm not right before God and you're troubled about your sin, you watch your company. When we read about Belshazzar, it says that his wife came in. And she tried to comfort him and tried to take his thoughts away from the reality of it. You see, if you have thoughts about your soul and you're troubled about your sin and understand I'm not right before God, you be careful what other people will try to do and try to take those thoughts away from you. You cherish those thoughts. Those, that night, it was a finger that appeared from the hand of God. And if you have thoughts in your soul that I'm not right before God, that's the voice of God speaking to you. You cherish those thoughts. And hold them dear and close in with God's offer of salvation. Thou art weighed in the balances and found wanting. Mark's Gospel, chapter 10 and verse 21. There we have a young man. And he comes to the Lord Jesus and he asks him about eternal life. And the Lord Jesus says to him, One thing. Thou lackest. Now it's not weighed in the balances and found wanting, but now it's one thing that thou lackest. Tell me, dear people, today, can I ask you a very straight and pointed question? Just asked it to you as an individual. Can I ask you, are you saved? Can I ask you, can you go back to a very definite moment in time in your life when you discovered I'm guilty before God and you trusted Christ as your saviour and you accepted that Jesus has died for me and I'm, you were saved and fitted to be in heaven. You see, dear people, today, if you can't go back to that moment in time, that definite real moment in time that you trusted Christ as your saviour, on the authority of the Bible that stands before me, that sits before me, the Word of God, I would say unto you, one thing thou lackest. 
You see, there's only one way to get to heaven. With the boys and girls in the Sunday school, we often would sing, one way God says to get to heaven. Jesus is the only way. One way to reach those pearly mansions. Jesus is the only way. Tell me, dear people, today, are you saved? God would love that, you're, that you would be saved. The Lord Jesus, looking at this man, it says that, that he beheld him and he loved him. And you see, dear people, God is moving in love towards you. He has provided salvation through his son at Calvary. And he offers you salvation today if you'd only come and accept him as your own and personal saviour. One thing thou lackest. Have you got God's salvation? Are you saved? A definite meeting place with the Lord Jesus. You know, that day that Zacchaeus came down from the sycamore tree, that was a day he never would forget. When he met with the Lord Jesus, it says this, that he received him joyfully. And there, on that moment of time, Nicodemus was saved. And he received him joyfully, not saved one thing thou lackest. Weighed in the balances, found wanting. One thing thou lackest, not saved. I want to think, as I bring my remarks to the close from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 17 and verse 5, I want there to think, not now of found wanting, not now of found lacking, but I want to think of one that was found perfect. And the voice, and behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Dear people, I would love that you would get occupied today with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because there is, a, is the one that you will find salvation in. And I want you to be occupied with him. I would like just to occupy your mind for a moment or two with some of the things that he said. Because the voice from heaven, when God spoke concerning his son, he says, hear ye him. And as I would, would draw your attention to some of the things that the Lord Jesus said, I would like that you wouldn't hear it as my voice, but you might hear it as the voice of the Lord Jesus himself. You see, as a young boy, I want to think first of all of the Lord Jesus when he was in the temple. You know the story well, probably, where his parents had went up to Jerusalem and they had went for two days' journey and they discovered that the Lord Jesus wasn't with them. And they went back and there they found him in the temple sitting with those learned men asking and answering their questions. And the Lord Jesus, when he was asked of, the, of his, mother, his mother and earthly father, he said unto them, Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? And there I want you to think of the reason that he came. And the Lord Jesus Christ, he has came from heaven. He was God's only and well-beloved Son, equal with God himself, co-equal with the Father. And yet he comes into this world as a man amongst men. And he says to his mother and as his earthly father, Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? As you hear the words that the Lord Jesus as a young boy spoke to his parents, have you ever stopped and to wonder and to think, why was it that he came? Why did the Lord Jesus Christ leave heaven to come to this scene of time? Well, he says that I must be about my father's business. What was the reason that he came? Dear people, today, the reason that he came was to go to Calvary to provide salvation. 
The Lord Jesus, he came to fulfill the will of the Father. We could go right back to the very early chapters in the book of Genesis. And there the promise is made uh, to Adam and Eve after sin had entered into the world. And there it says that the seed of the woman shall bruise the serpent's head. And so the Lord Jesus was God's son. He was the seed of the woman. And he was coming to bruise the serpent's head. He was coming to deal with sin. But whose sin? You see, he had no sin. He was born apart from sin. The Bible tells us that he knew no sin. The Bible tells us he did no sin. And it sums it up by saying, in him is no sin. And yet here, God's Son has come to do the Father's will. And he's come to suffer for sin. Whose sin has he come to suffer for? Or you say to me, Jonathan, he came for the sins of the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And yes, dear people, that's right, he came because of the sins of the world. But could I just whisper Whisper softly and tenderly into your ear, dear people, today that it just was for your sin. You see, the night that I got saved, I knew that, that the Lord Jesus had died on the cross for the sins of the world. I remember clearly lying on the top of the bed at my granny's house, just at the bedroom at the top of the stairs. I can see it so clearly. The house is demolished now, but I can see the room so clearly in my mind. Remember it so well. And I turned to Daddy, troubled about my sins. I says, Daddy, did the Lord Jesus Christ really die on the cross for the sins of the world? And he said to me, yes, Jonathan, that's right, he did. And just lying, pondering over that, in a moment of time, it dawned into my soul. And I says, Daddy, if the Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross for the sins of the world, that means he died for me. And there, and then, in a moment of time, I was saved. I realized it was my sins that he had died for. Yes, it was the sins of the world, sure, but it was my sins. And there I just closed in with it. I accepted it that he had died for me. In a moment of time, I was saved. I must be about my father's business. I want you to think of another saying that the Lord Jesus made while he was upon the cross at Calvary. After those soldiers had had put a crown of thorns on his brow, spat upon him, plucked the hairs from his cheeks, spat upon him, whipped his back with the Roman lash, nailed him by the hands and by the feet, the cruelty of men to the Saviour. Here's what the words that he spoke as he speaks to the Father. And he says this, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Tell me, dear people, today, would you like forgiveness of your sins? Would you like to know all as well in light of eternity? <coughs> God says about his Son, in whom he is well pleased, hear ye him. What does he say to you? He says to you, Father, forgive them. He wants to forgive you today, dear people. He longs to give you the forgiveness of your sins. To go home tonight, having trusted Christ as your Savior, to put your head in their pillow and know all is well for eternity. I'm saved. I'm forgiven. 
because the sinless Savior died. My sinful soul is counted free, for God the just is satisfied to look on him and pardon me. My time's about gone. One last thing I want to draw your attention to that the Savior said while he was upon the cross. There was two other men. There they were crucified with the Savior. And they both, if you read the Gospels carefully, you'll discover that both of them found fault with the Lord Jesus and railed upon him. But one of those thieves that was guilty, he turned to the Lord Jesus and he, and he asked for forgiveness. He said, We indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing amiss. And the Lord Jesus, he says to him this, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. The Bible says, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We've been trying to draw your attention to the fact from Daniel 5, Thou art weighed in the balances found wanting guilty before God. One thing thou lackest concerning the young man, he hadn't God's salvation. He had no hope for eternity. One thing thou lackest. No matter what you have in life, if you haven't God's salvation, you're lacking the most important thing in life. And we would utter those words to you again, one thing thou lackest. And yet, listen to the words from the cross. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Forgiveness is offered because of Calvary. But it's available today. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Dear people, today, if you're not saved, close in with God's offer of salvation. Accept what he has said about you, that you're guilty, not fit for heaven. And accept what his son has done for you at Calvary. And trust him, depend upon him, have your sins forgiven. And be sure of heaven at the end of life's little day. You know, the choice is yours to what you will do with this Savior. That day at the cross, there was one man, one of those malefactors left the cross and he went to heaven. The other malefactor, he left the cross. And he went to hell. That's the way that it is for us all. When we leave time to go into eternity. It's either heaven. Because I've trusted Christ as my saviour. Acknowledge my guilt before God. Or I go on my own way. Rejecting God's offer of salvation. And we leave time. And forever we will be in hell. Under the judgment of God. Be wise. Trust Christ as your saviour. And be in heaven shall we pray. Our father we come to thee. At the close of our drive-in gospel meeting. We thank thee, Father, for thy word and how it leaves it so clear and plain about thine way of salvation. We thank thee for the great provision that was made at Calvary and there is none outside of thy love and all may be saved if it will only come to thee. We pray for each and every one that is gathered here today, whether in the cars or whether in the homes around about the hall that has been able to hear the gospel message. We pray that whether, as they think about this man's case, and how he made haste and come down and received the Saviour, that might be prepared to trust thy Son and be saved for the great eternity. We pray to part us all with thy blessing and take each to their homes in safety, as we ask that all given thanks in his worthy and precious name. Amen.